Beatrice. Cool. Yeah. Everything Hello. you love to be called. Hi. <laughs> hey, how are you? I am. How are you? I'm good. Very good. Yeah, that's good yeah. to hear. Yeah. So, gather us here tonight to have a fun conversation about a really cool article that you posted up on the bloombmx.com yesterday, which is sick. Mm -hmm. I love when things happen this fast, but you made a post on the website, how to get sponsored in BMX. Mm -hmm. And I think like, yes, at its core, that is awesome topic, but then the approach you took. Yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of clickbait, I suppose, because it's not quite how to get sponsored, but it is in the sense. It is. Um, yeah, I, I took the approach of like giving advice based on what team managers are actually looking for. Yep. And what came out of it was like just really solid advice. You know, it's really no longer about being a great rider. We, you know, we often hear about like, oh man, like this person's off the team, but he's so sick. But like, if he's not doing anything and he's not posting anything, you have to kind of look at it as, as a business standpoint. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's like not what a lot of like mindsets believe in, but like in the end of the day, as like how Carson said, like you are a billboard. Mm -hmm. And if you're not advertising your brand or, or anything, like it's just, it's a waste of money. It's harsh to say it that way, but I mean, it's true. Yeah. That's what a brand is paying you for. Yeah. And yeah. The approach that you took with this, it just, it's what made me want to do this because essentially what you did was you hit up how many different one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I think seven. If you lump together the ones that have more than one, seven mm -hmm. different, either company owners, team managers, or people who are heavily involved with this side of the team company brand yeah whatever you want to call it so you had colin mckay of vans lee ramsdale of mongoose robbie morales of cult melissa of snm and fit mm -hmm. then ben ward of gt with zach kramis odyssey and sunday and joey cobbs of haro all yeah. give their input on how to get sponsored in BMX. This is the thumbnail for my original video where I'm like this, how to get sponsored. Cause that's right. what I did in my video so many times. And it was like perfect timing to have this conversation because I made that video however many years ago and people started commenting on it again recently. And like, yeah, I said everything that I will say right now, but I think with what you did, having such a like integral part of actual bmx industry awesome opportunity so thank you for writing yeah. that oh i mean you, really the thanks is all to the the brands who took the time to um write everything that they did and they didn't have to do that i mean there was a lot of like kind of trade secrets in a sense you know they didn't really have to expose like what they actually look for mm -hmm. but they did and i really appreciate that um i have really good relationships with everybody that uh took the time to contribute and like I again like really appreciate that they took the time to write as much as they as they did. Yeah, I mean you essentially yeah. wrote an intro and then just it. <laughs> put them in order and added the pictures in different videos that were in Made there. it pretty. Yeah. Which is makes it that much better. So 
one thing you were telling me before we started here is how this article is kind of like blowing up right now. Yeah, it's, I super duper appreciate like everyone resharing it and like clearly it's been um, valuable to a lot of people. And I, and I felt that when I was putting this together that this could be like today's Bible of actually mm. how to be picked up, how to be spotted and, and sponsored. Um, but yeah, I, I also noticed that a couple of weeks ago, like, oh, not, this has actually been in the works for like two months now, roughly. There was just time, it was just time to redo this article. I, I originally did this 10 years ago um, when I ran Magnolia BMX. And then, you know, back then I was ha- like really fortunate to get the feedback that I got from the brands who took the time to respond back. Mm-hmm. But 10 years ago, there was barely any companies sponsoring women. And so when I was building this article, I was really happy to say that I was able to pick not only um, amazing brands to work with, but like also brands who could like actually had more than one female on their roster. So that was really cool to put that together and actually showcase like, hey, not only are these brands giving just general advice on how to get sponsored, but also being that we're the Bloom BMX, we're able to actually put together like women on the post as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool that you lived both sides and, and got to see the, the progression mm-hmm. of how that's gone. So yes, enough of the introductions for what we're talking about. We can actually talk about it now. Uh, I'm I'm genuinely curious though, through this post, was there anything that you learned that you hadn't really thought about or been exposed to in the topic of getting sponsored? I can't say it without um really nothing I shouldn't say nothing. Everything. Every everyone contributed something and was something new for me during the process of like building it. Um coming from a unique experience like a unique stance where like I get to like hang out with these riders and know the difficulties it is to be a sponsored athlete and the responsibilities that come with it I wanted to make sure that I was coming off um in a way that was sympathetic to those riders too just to remind the general public that this is a job mm-hmm. um and I think what what everyone responded back with just kind of solidified that that this is a job Yes, every day is like a Saturday, like Colin said, but there's still a responsibility. And even, you know, from flow to pro, you got to step it up. Yeah. So just like any promotion um, at a corporate job, if you get that promotion, you don't start slacking off. You're expected yeah. to do more, even if they don't ask you to. Um, I, I, well, sorry, I will always say, like, make the proactive effort to do more. And I think that was mentioned in the article as well. Yeah. And yeah. I think so I'll say right off the bat, Melissa and Joey Cobbs, both of their answers were like a hundred percent everything that I think people need to know if you want to yeah. get there's no sugarcoating, no. which I so appreciated. Yeah. I think ending with Joey's made the most sense, but mm-hmm. one thing I was reading and, and didn't see was anybody who explicitly said this is a job. So I'm glad that you said it at the beginning here because I think it's it's outlined. It I was mean, outlined. Pretty, yeah. It was yeah. outlined, but it wasn't like it it wasn't like anybody said this is a job. So mm-hmm. I'm we're saying it right now and translating what these people are saying is like this is a job. Yeah, and I I wish um 
I wish we had Chris Doyle on this because he left a comment um, on our feed and uh, another writer chimed in, another writer chimed in. But I mean, the long, long gone are the days where you're sponsored for nothing. Um, that said, Ben from GT did say, you know, like, I think it was like a year ago, like, we just want to hook up writers so that they can have fun. And I was like, really? You don't want anything in return? You just you just want them to have fun? And that was like crazy to me because that's not how things work right now yeah you, you know even though it's not said brands do you want something in return it's very very rare when any brand whether it's bmx or something else just gives you money to gives you to give you money um so for anyone in that you know space right now someone who, a rider who is just getting money for to ride uh do more, please. <laughs> like, well, keep keep that sponsorship. Don't mess it up. <laughs> I think that it's very few and far between. If it happens at all, like as a new thing in twenty twenty three moving forward, where it's like seventeen, eighteen year old kid who's just getting paid to ride their bike and do nothing else. I don't think that happens anymore. I think the people who are getting paid are and just getting paid and they don't expect it to like do anything else are the legends who just being associated yeah gets the return that yeah but, but that and that's how things used to be it used to be that you know you all you have to do is ride your bike be good enough at it and be in front of where the cameras are at yeah but those riders are like the one percent yeah of you know and already like niche sport sports so but yeah if you're in that position that's awesome you probably know that you're fine you don't have to do anything extra just keep doing you but even that with that said like i think i don't know i think someone like dennis anderson's probably the top of the one definitely one percent but he's still working hard create a youtube channel only like what two months ago and it's popping off maybe three months ago but he's still progressing he's still making him like creating his empire and that's awesome yeah i mean it seems yeah. like he's starting to like put a focus into like oh if i do even more than just riding like the bad yeah. it, it just it builds it that much more and and then on top of that it gives you exposure that word sucks that word sucks so bad it sounds dirty but it gives you the ability to be, I don't, I can't not use the word. It exposes you to outside audiences from BMX. Dennis building a YouTube channel is going to give opportunities for things outside of BMX. I mean, well, let's, let's say adding more value. It's adding more value to his empire. Yeah. And I think a lot of writers could benefit from that because um, the one thing I do want to do another article on is how to make money in BMX, but mm. change it around because there's actually a lot of opportunities outside of BMX. I mean, I'm from Toronto and like uh, there was an ad listed about um, a week ago and they were looking for BMXers and they were willing to pay $400 for a commercial. That's a lot. That's quite a bit of money. Yeah. And I've definitely have heard even higher rates for simple tricks, manuals, wheelies, one-handers. Um, a couple of years ago, one of our local guys was was paid a couple of thousand dollars for tail whips. Gr granted, he did like a lot of tail whips that day. He was <laughs> shot, but thousands. So 
yeah, add more value to your resume, I guess, is the point. <laughs> yeah, it, it's exactly it. And I guess to keep the conversation going here, I mean, there was a theme with all of them of, like, being a good person, you know, mm -hmm. being fun to be around, being somebody that other people on the team is going to want to hang out with. Yeah. That's that's another part of the puzzle in all of this. And it was I a mean, recurring theme. I think everyone I everyone on that article is awesome to hang out with, but in particular I remember a time it was like last year, it was at Rad Share, I was just sitting around hanging with Lee and I just took a moment and said, Hey, like I just want to say like you have like really awesome people on your team and we went into the conversation that he actually posted and, and what he looks for and to be honest, like it's true. Nikita is the same person on and off the course mm. during like the height of competition. You think she would be like stone faced and not talking to anybody, but she's having fun and she's twerking and making fart jokes. And she's, she's a fun person on and off the course. Kevin Peraza, the nicest person in the world, like never stops smiling, awesome. <laughs> never stops smiling. Um, ben Wallace, I got to spend a little bit of time with Pat Casey. Like these are awesome dudes. Um, so yeah, I definitely reinforce what he says and makes a big difference if you're just a good character as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's the whole thing of like, there's very few people that you'll meet who have made it that far in the BMX industry that suck. <laughs> like, yeah, well, here's the thing. Um, uh, Joey posted in, in one of, in the comments section. Um, it's not about who you know, but he goes on with it. But the reality is, is that like a lot of riders get referred yeah. to companies. It's like, hey, like check out this person. They're sick. Like you really need to like take a look at them. You know, if you're an ass, no one's gonna be looking out for you. Right, and and like as much as it sucks to talk about, like we can all think of examples of people whose abilities mean like they should be in that position, but mm -hmm. there's other reasons that they're just not. Yeah. And I mean, no one's perfect, but I mean, if there's anything in particular that stands out, that's going to be um, something against you, unfortunately. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, so I guess, to keep going with this, I definitely want to just highlight some stuff from some of the different, answers uh yeah. looking at it i just am gonna go straight to melissa's because she literally put out bullet points number. i know i love it it, it just yeah. makes it so easy to <laughs> to go in there and be like all right this because i was yeah. looking at like colin's answer it's just like it's just words and i'm like i don't yeah. know how to pick <laughs> from that i'm gonna sit here for 30 seconds and read now so so her number one point that she had in here and i'll drag it in in case people want to pause and read it too, is positivity, positive mindset and attitude. She says it's multilateral. If watching a rider do their things invokes feelings of happiness, hopefulness, excitement, growth, and gratitude, it's universal and contagious. Uh, so just being positive, good attitude. Um, we kind of just talked about that, so I feel like we don't really have to. Oh. Uh, Colin did touch base on that too. I think the big thing is, are you inspirational? Oh, that's, that's another. Yeah, that's another thing too. All right, let me find it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, Colin said, you know, finding a writer who not only inspires the next generation, but current pros as well. Someone yes, someone that up and comers or even other established pros can look to for inspiration. Mm -hmm. uh, the following sentence after that is financial support comes to writers who have put in the hard years and are right at the top of their game. They are the leaders. So just as a like, just some transparency, I barely gave anyone actual questions to answer it was mm -hmm. i think it was something really brief like what do you look for when you're sponsoring a rider and financially sponsoring those were the only two things mm -hmm. it was like less than two lines and yeah i really appreciate colin actually breaking down the finance part because he's also talking about contracts and i actually didn't know that a one-year contract is more common than a two-year so i think that was something really good to take away from it I mean, that makes sense. It's not a mm -hmm. thought I would have ever had, but I guess that does make mm -hmm. sense. And since you mentioned that too, uh, I'll bring that in. Hey, oh, check this out. I can shrink us and then I can have the actual article on the screen while we talk. <laughs> so uh, anyways, the contract part that you were talking about says, then once you get paid, you should know that you likely signed a one-year contract. Two-year deals are pretty rare. It's your job in that year to keep busy and continue to be a role model and get signed again so mm -hmm. you not only once you get hooked up to that point you've got to keep it going to earn it again yeah and the other thing i wanted to make sure that was like clear in the article and i'm, I'm glad everyone touched base on it is that you as a writer you have to make the work yeah you have to keep yourself busy you shouldn't be going to your sponsor and be like, hey, what's uh, what's going on? What do I get to do? Yeah. You know, you have to make it work. Go on trips, touch base with your sponsors, um, stay in communication. Absolutely. Yeah. So going to the next bullet point from Melissa, because she made it easy. <laughs> but it's another like huge thing in what you're we're talking about right now, work ethic and drive, you know. Mm -hmm. She says, we don't certainly don't expect anyone to ride 24 seven, but riders who clearly devote time to their craft and better yet devote time to auxiliary activities that help them become more well-rounded riders and humans are going to stand out and be more sought after. You can be naturally mm -hmm. talented, but if you are lackadaisical, such a the vocabulary in here has me saying words I probably never said out loud uh, about it and it shows Eventually, your lack of dedication and drive to accomplish what you're pursuing is going to infiltrate those around you and breed animosity and resentment. Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things, too, that was brought up several times throughout here is the, the rider who makes it to pro and then just disappears or doesn't keep it going. Yep. And even Ben from GT uh, touched on that as well. Um, I think. I think a little bit of everybody, everybody mentioned that. I guess it's a common issue that once you hit that pro status, you kind of taper off a bit. And I think Colin had mentioned that sometimes the responsibility can get too much. And that, that makes sense. Yeah. That really makes sense. Yeah. It does. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Ben, I'm trying to find it here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which sector it was, but it's somewhere there. Yeah. Yeah. Ben gave you a lot of good info. Mm-hmm making your own opportunities, getting yourself to events, linking yep. up with filmers and photographers so that you have assets to give the brand. Mm 
this isn't a handout to the brand. It's an exchange for their support. And, and I think that this is, yeah. yeah, this is like a great opportunity to bring up the aspect of just, you have to return on the investment that any company is putting into you because whether it's, you know, a set of grips or something mm-hmm. as like big as a frame or even getting paid or helped out on a trip, that is money. Yep. The bottom of the line, the day, I can't speak. The end of the day, in the bottom line, that is money that a company is investing in you because they had to pay for those parts mm-hmm. that they're giving you. And you have to or be the able flight, to yeah. the hotel. Like, yeah, I, I feel I've experienced a couple new riders that didn't quite get that. And yeah. So, and then they were in the hard way. <laughs> right. And and yeah. that, that kind of sucks, but it it's the reality of things. And, and when you talk about it as an investment and you have to be able to return on that investment for it to be worth it for that company to want to either do more or continue whatever they're doing at all. Yeah. And I think that is a dream thing for so many people to get sponsored in BMX like oh I want to be sponsored and that's what kids all want to think about but the people who really make it are the people who break through that want to be sponsored and make the connection between okay I'm sponsored now this is something I have to give back for to earn this sponsorship yeah so ironically uh 10 years ago when I did the first how to be sponsored article Mm -hmm. I followed up with you're sponsored now. Now what? So maybe I'll spend time and redo that one. So it's mm-hmm. more current. But yeah, it's I think that that's what makes the difference between like a regular pro and like the one percent is because there there are groups that are more driven than others that are going out to get those clips that's preparing the next, you know, video drop and not just waiting for their sponsors to be like, Hey, like what do you want to do? Yeah. So yeah. And I was going to bring up here too that like it is totally fine to have whatever goals you want to have in BMX life, whatever it might be like having a goal of getting sponsored is totally fine. But at the same time, when you realize what it takes to make that happen, making videos, pictures, doing stuff that gives you value to the company. The value is the golden word in this entire conversation, how valuable you can make yourself to a company. If doing those things for you is more work, like if you have to make yourself put that in, like you got to either make that part of like what you do and you enjoy, or you might want to reevaluate what you're thinking about. Because in my eyes, the people who should be, sponsored and paid in BMX are the people who naturally just do all of the things that companies want to see from you that filming and edit isn't something you have to be asked to do because you just that's what you enjoy already I mean you'd you'd hope you'd want to and it's it's totally okay if that's not your thing if you don't want to do social media if you don't want to promote the brand okay that's that's cool that's not for you that's cool but like the point of the article is to like set you up 
for success if you want that longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it really did outline like what you need to do, to be honest. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I felt like that for such a long time. It's like, if you want this and you're not willing to do what it takes or it's not yeah. fun for you, it's going to turn this thing that you enjoy from being a thing you enjoy to being yeah. like more of a job than you might necessarily want it to be and that that's not fun yeah exactly and like i mean most most pros enjoy that stuff anyway so it does come naturally to them like angie loves make loves making videos yeah she loves doing her youtube things she loves taking photos it's perfect that's why she's excelling at what she's what she's doing yeah yeah so and i can grab from uh zach kramis's response here too where he's saying Mm -hmm. in general In a general sense, we're looking for riders who simply love to ride, whether they're sponsored or not, participate in the scene, and make BMX look good. As Mm -hmm. a brand, you're always wanting to support riders who are proactive, inspire others, and help to market the brand slash sponsor by getting more eyeballs on them. And Mm -hmm. so saying, well, I want to get sponsored is great and all, but if you're not willing to do or you don't do already, the things like this that we're talking about, you might need a mindset shift if you're going to try to make that goal happen. <laughs> well, I think that's why it's so awesome that um, the last sentence is, do you really want to be sponsored? I think it's something along those lines. That was from Joey. And that just, I do think that just ended it. you even want to get sponsored? Yeah, that's so perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. spend a lot of time on Joey's <laughs> response when talking here because it's so real. It's, mm-hmm. he's just real about it. Let me find, go over Melissa's I mean, every, last point. I think, I feel like everyone was coming from, so, not not trauma or baggage, but everyone came from experience of dealing with, you know, athletes and lots of DMs, a lot of kids probably asking to be hooked up. So mm-hmm. the responses were really just straightforward. And I really appreciate that. There's no sugar coating at all yeah. from, from anybody. Yeah, it's it's awesome to see that that's the way that it was, and and like that's part of the conversation I'm trying to have with you here in this too is like I'm just trying to be real with people in that if you got to be real and realistic about your expectations with this. So it's great to have that goal and and want to work towards it but all of the things that we've already said. And then maybe you're watching this because you're like, oh, you know, I thought about it before, but I don't know. And then you watch it, you realize, oh man, like I already make edits. I throw jams locally and I travel and I like to go to contests and all these things. And you're like, whoa, like all of this stuff is what companies want to see from somebody. Yeah. I think the, the message uh from the article too another one was like just keep doing what you're doing that's if that all that stuff is stuff that you really enjoy already just keep at it like your time is going to come um and you get to meet awesome people and those people will talk about you and how awesome you are and they're going to refer you and i feel like bmx is a longevity game um in a sense of like if you're trying to climb the corporate ladder that ladder that makes sense so just keep doing what you're doing and building your audience and eventually you're going to get hooked up and you're going to be like, oh, wow, I have a responsibility now. I have to make mm. my sponsors happy. Oh, no, I got to do a post today. I forgot. <laughs> but, you know, there's going to be. But then that stuff's going to be fun because you're probably already doing it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So let's go into Joey's here because I think Joey just nailed it in the way he said it and, and everything. And I loved the way that it started here where I'm going to, he said, I debated if I should start my response with the actual qualities that I look for when considering a writer for sponsorship. But I think it would be more helpful to first talk about why sponsorships exist in the first place. Brands don't give away parts for free. And if you're watching this, you've got this far and you haven't realized yet that being sponsored doesn't just mean you get free stuff. See, I love I I love that everyone was so honest and especially that line as well. That was actually really, actually like a dis- not a discovery, but like an an aha moment. Like, oh yeah, he's right. That's not a sponsorship. Yeah. Getting free parts is not, unfortunately. But it's a good start. Yeah. Still money outside out of the company's, you know, pocket. Right. So brands don't give away parts for free, and that's not a sponsorship. If riders are able to understand a bit more about why brands offer sponsorships, then I think it will be much easier for riders to position themselves to get sponsored in the future. Like ten thousand percent. And then this line where he defines what a sponsorship is just aligns with all of the how to's I've ever done on my YouTube channel so well that it's perfect in here. Simply put, a sponsorship is a balanced agreement between a brand and a writer in which both sides are providing some form of value. And in return, both sides receive something they need. So to the kid out there who's like, I want to get sponsored. I want to make it in BMX and this and that. That is, if you understand that, then you're on your way. Yep. It's it's just, it's a job. And, and just to repeat, it is a job. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and you are essentially making yourself a billboard. And if you are yourself in making a billboard out of yourself and you make and who you are basically the way i would put it is that like if you're trying to get sponsored you want to be so authentically yourself and push yourself being who you are on your bike so far that a company wants to get involved with you mm-hmm. so then Joey continues on the flip side, riders need to find sponsors to help with financial travel and product support so they can spend more time riding and pursuing their goals in BMX. So it's definitely part of it once you get up there too. Yeah. I'm glad he mentioned that because, um, so yeah, the, the post I've made on Instagram has flown quite a bit. Like there's a lot of comments and someone was saying how like, oh, you shouldn't be riding for money. Like you should be riding for the love of sport. Like these riders are riding for the love of sport. In, yeah. in order for them to keep doing that, there needs to be some sort of financial support. So I don't think anyone goes into BMX and goes into like being a pro. I mean like I'm in it for the money. If you do, you don't make it. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think that's a mentality though for most people. Like the money is an organic part that comes with like success and like riding and, and you know results but like i don't think anyone's like going in like this is that i'm in it for the money like no i just i think most people ride so they can keep riding in order for them to keep riding they need to be sponsored 
and they need the financial support. I mean, I think I don't. Yeah, I that comment kind of irked me a bit. It's a little bit annoying because I don't think anyone's actually like having that mindset. <laughs> I've I've seen people who have felt like that, yeah. and those people never last ever mm. because it's just not the way that it works. And I've seen the people who are like, oh, don't ride for money. You should do whatever. I was like, that's why life exists and we all are different people because we all have different wants and needs and desires. And if you don't want to ride for the money, well, then don't. <laughs> if you if you yeah. don't want to ride for money, then don't. Like, mm-hmm. that's fine. But there are certain people who to maintain a level that they're at, they can't be working full time throughout the week and then in the few hours after work go and continue to ride at that level. And I'm not gonna like say any names or anything like that because I don't wanna try and say I know anyone's life, but it's like, Mm -hmm. it's very easy to understand how difficult it could be to ride and be one of the best in the world if riding isn't the only thing you're focusing on yeah it's impossible i mean how are you going to get up up to the, the cream of the top if you have to work another job exactly. you can't focus on your riding yeah exactly so let's continue here just going through uh now that i've waxed on about all of that <laughs> that's funny and like let's let's be real very very few riders were actually making like a buttload of money oh yeah very so, few yeah and oh okay i i definitely wanted to address the whole you shouldn't ride for money to thing but i couldn't mm-hmm. think of how to at that moment okay. in time but uh somebody in the chat said to be able to pay bills with one's passion is a gift work for that yeah. get paid for that these are top tier athletes and that reminds me of a saying so with my part-time farm tractor job we were in new jersey at this farm and this guy we interviewed had a amazing saying that he said he said money sustains passion mm-hmm. if you can yep. use your passion to make the money that sustains your passion then why how could you not do that yeah, and that's why, I, I mean, that's why, from my perspective, I, I just don't, I haven't seen any riders that are purely in the money and, you know, have that mindset. But, like, even if they are, they're not going to last long because if they're in it for the money, they're probably better off working at, like, a normal day, nine-to-five job or something. Oh, yeah. There's better, they're not, not necessarily better. There's easier ways to make way yeah. more money. Yeah, less risky, way less risky yeah. ways to make money. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. Oh, let's see. I want to read the last paragraph from Joey. One last point. Even though most riders dream of one day getting sponsored, some riders don't deal well with the added element of having to return value to the brand. They're mm-hmm. happier when they ride for themselves and on their own terms. And that is real. That is fair. Riding for a sponsor is definitely not for everyone. Riding is such a personal thing and such a personal form of exploration, expression, that it doesn't always mesh well with the business side. I 
I think this makes mm -hmm. sense and is important for riders to really think about what it means mm -hmm. to have a sponsor and if they even really want one. Some people are happiest with a traditional job, as we just said, and riding during their free time and on their own terms. That's is really something to think about. Yeah. Reality check. Reality <laughs> check. It's so true. And I mean, just thinking about my own personal experience, like I work with a lot of companies and if I had to do anything outside of like what I already enjoy doing with riding to maintain those relationships, like to an extent, you know, there's sometimes I'll make a video about a product, but I enjoy making videos. It's not like, yeah. it's not like I'm like, oh, I hate this. So like, if I had to just, if I had to go to work <laughs> to maintain all of this stuff, I don't, I wouldn't have it. It's, it's because I enjoy doing all of this stuff already that yep. these things can exist. And, and it's because you enjoy doing these things so that these opportunities come to you as well. Like, did you have a commercial recently with like um, a car company? Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. So there's some limitations on how I'm allowed to word things, I guess. So like, okay. It just, a just, partnership? yeah, I, I think partnership is what I'm allowed to say. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I think they don't. But that came from YouTube. It, from your riding, from BMX, you know. Yeah, it, it came yeah. from, so this is something for people to consider too, in that like, this is totally outside of the BMX industry. This came from me having an Instagram page that has decent amount of traction on it and the location that I'm at. So your location also can play a factor in this mm -hmm. because what it was through was a Northeast Ohio thing. So, oh. so it's, yeah, that's that's kind of an even more unique thing that I never even knew existed until this. But yeah, I I got to drive a truck and make Instagram videos. But that's cool, but that wouldn't have happened if you didn't just kept doing what you're doing. Exactly, because I have the skills that made it possible to make the videos that I did. And that's why they wanted to do that. So there's, there's so many other opportunities like that outside of it. And, and, okay, so this is a great point to interject the whole outside of BMX thing again, in that there's a lot of people who will talk down on those who will work with companies outside of BMX. And to a certain extent, you know, there's some times where it's like, really? <laughs> but yeah. everybody has their own line. And in my eyes, if working with a company means that I'm going to be able to make it that much easier to pay my bills and ride or take a trip or do anything like that, like I'm going to do it. And we have to recognize too, that those kinds of opportunities aren't going to be around forever. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't really like hearing that just because um, the rider in theory who's getting this opportunity outside BMX is experiencing something pretty cool. Probably like, let's mm -hmm. say it's a commercial shoot. They get to be a star for a day and like get their makeup done and like pose in front of like whatever it is. That's awesome. And they're getting paid for it. 
Why can't we be happy for that? Because people are jealous at, at the core. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. It comes yeah, from jealousy true. or a, a hatred of like, why do they get this opportunity and I don't? And and people can deny that all day long. But like, if you're going to deny that, give a better reason why. Because people like to say, oh, you shouldn't make money off of BMX that way. In my perspective, you're not making money off of BMX like that. You're using bmx as a tool to make money there's a difference when you talk about making money off of bmx the people you should be pissed off at are the people who don't do a single thing but get paid from companies who are paying them from bmx people buying parts because that exists too yeah yeah totally agree with that there's there's a distinction to be made between making money using BMX and making money off of BMX. And I, I, I totally get the, you know, keeping the purity of BMX and everything. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't really like hearing people shit talk on other riders just because they're doing something outside of BMX. Like, I think it's cool. It's going to allow um, a non-rider to see BMX in a different space. If we're talking about like advertisements and commercials. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the reality, they're making money so that they can continue fueling their passion. That's awesome. Exactly. It's not, yeah, it's not like stock model photos, like that stuff I don't like, when it's like a non-rider, half naked on a BMX, that's not even like a like a BMX that we're familiar with, it's like something from Walmart. But yeah, yeah that's, and- that's my only line. <laughs> <laughs> Those, yeah, that is weird where it's a person yeah. who never touched a BMX bike in their life. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, yes, there's sometimes there's counter arguments for this stuff of like, oh, these companies are just trying to use BMX to make money. And in that line, your point of a, a company who's going to try to advertise to BMX for people like us to buy from them doesn't have to use a BMX rider to do that. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. they could get some model who's never touched BMX bike in their life, take pictures, buy that, and then get a 15 year old kid to want to buy something based on that. So why- I think that's a bigger insult. To oh BMX. yeah. Yeah. Why would, so why would you not want someone in BMX to make the money from that company recognizing for one thing that that opportunity is not going to last mm-hmm. and, and for two, just to be able to have that opportunity. So, so you, why would you not want that over the alternative? Like, yeah, they're not, they're not, you know, culture vultures, a term that people use and, and things like that. It's like, I, I get where that comes from, but in my eyes, when those opportunities arise, we should recognize them and take them for everything that they're worth. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same, but I, I love seeing BMX integrated with mainstream. Um, I think it was like 13 years ago, Mark Jacobs, I think it was Mark Jacobs. He wanted a couple of BMXers for his runway show. Um, and he was looking for like a couple girls and there was, there was no one at the time that like had that model-esque, you know, malnutritious look to them. <laughs> <laughs> totally so unhealthy. That was, that was cut out. 
but he still adapted BMX in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a whole like black collection, and he had like ramps on the side. So not quite BMX, could have been like skater esque as well. But it was cool to see that integration and like I don't know. I'm I I'm, I don't know. I feel like I'm a huge dork for that kind of stuff. It's cool to see BMX and lives in live TV or like mainstream. Brooklyn Nine Nine. If anyone knows the episode, so funny. If you can, if you can YouTube that right now, that- it'd be so good. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Type in Brooklyn Nine Nine BMX. Hopefully, you don't get demonetized. But it's hilarious. Oh, I can. Jake tries to join a bike group. So good. There's also the Always Sunny. There's no way I ever switch. Haven't seen that one. They're riding complete BMX bikes. Oh my god. Uh, okay, here we go. But yeah, love that stuff. I, I mean, he's, he's doing some Come stuff. Come on, so. doing some flatland right there. I don't mm-hmm. recognize the face. It's uh, it's obviously a flatland rider, so I wouldn't know anyways. Uh, <laughs> just... So that's awesome. Like, awesome. One, they use an actual rider. They actually showcased some talent in there. It was funny. Yeah. How one about of my, one of my favorite episodes? How about Miss Marvel? Yes, Nina. Literally, was Nina yeah. was in Miss Marvel. That's mm-hmm. amazing. And those kind of opportunities, like, it's funny. It's fun. It's fun. It's exciting. Like, let's be happy for that. I, I haven't heard anyone like say anything negative, but like, this is awesome. Like, seeing BMX fellow homies riding in it like getting dressed up like this is sick yeah we should be stoked yeah i i think we should celebrate those kinds of things and people having those types of opportunities i just realized i have you on the screen twice oh (laughs) (laughs) anyways yeah and so when it comes to the greater conversation of getting sponsored in bmx like People definitely need to read that article on, and and just realize when you're going into this that there's a couple of key things to remember is that, you know, who you are is paramount. Like, don't be anyone else to try and make this happen because it's really hard to keep up being fake for as much yeah. time as it takes to make it in the BMX world. Mm-hmm. There's the aspect of being a good person. Just that. And all these things should be natural. Exactly. Number one. That should be part yeah. of who you are. If, if you're finding yourself making an effort to be nice or, or it's too much effort to put out a video, then it's not going to come to you naturally to be sponsored either because that's going to be actually work. Yeah, and and I would say, like, I could draw a line here, too, in that what you're saying, yes. But then on the same note, there are things that you can do that you're, like, making an effort, but aren't necessarily, like, a bad type of effort. Like, I don't know if this was just for the sake of, like, saying hi to everyone and and how that can make people stoked or what, but when I was at... Uh, Vans Indoor in California years ago, Ethan Courier showed up and he went around to every single person there and like fist bump whatever he's doing and said, hey, literally yeah. to every single person. And <laughs> and so it's like, you don't have to go that extreme, but just being like saying hi to everybody and, and making people feel included in that way, like 
maybe that's not something that's like a core part of who you are, but you could, you could do things like that. And that's the kind of effort that might not compromise you, you, but could help you. Yeah. You could also be a shy person that could be hard too. But I, I remember, um, showing up at OB like a couple of years ago with like my friends, we were just visiting from Canada and Jetta Sanderson showed up. I was, like, I was so stunned and he said hi to everybody and I was I was shocked and I, as I was traveling more um I just find that it's actually more common than not for just strangers like people I don't know who are in BMX just to say hi mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it's just my pocket of the world I just feel like we're not as outgoing like that but the ones that are they really make leave a mark with me um and I just feel like there's certain individuals right now in Canada, like he just approached me and said hi and shook my hand. This kid's going to go somewhere. Yeah. It just, I don't know, just something that just clicks in my head. Absolutely. So yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Then there's the realization and remembering at all times that this is a job and that you have to return on anything that is, that is done for you. And, and like one thing that I try to always do is like because I hate asking for things. Like ask anybody it's that hard. I've worked with. I yeah. hate it. But when I do, I try to be like, is there something that I can do in return? And and with having this YouTube channel, it makes it really easy to be like, I'm gonna make a video about this thing when I get it and include it and make sure that I, I show this off. But just making it known to the people who potentially are helping you out because maybe you've gotten to this point of where you've gotten some people who might want to help you. Just making it known to them. It's like, hey, I'm willing to do something in return for what you're about to do for me. Maybe we got to work together on what that is, but mm-hmm. I'm willing to do it. Yeah, and just kind of like mirror that as well. Think of it as a normal job. You want to get promoted. Maybe I need to show up a little bit earlier. Maybe I need to like mop the floor after work, take that initiative without anyone asking me. So it's the same concept. Um, There are some brands that will not expect anything from you. Sick. But (laughs) I would say reading this and seeing this, maybe take that extra opportunity to see if you can do something for them. I would also say that the people who are in those positions probably don't need this. <laughs> they probably, yeah, probably, don't, not. They probably good. don't need yeah. this advice. They're they're so beyond talented. It just yeah. happens. But the, yeah, the talented ones are already doing it. Yeah. Good fair point. So I think another thing I just remembered that I wanted to cover in this too is like also knowing your worth in all of this if you're doing all this stuff like don't ride for a pair of grips for two years before you try to start moving up with things if you're already doing everything we're talking about and and you've got companies that are like interested and and you're doing all this stuff for them and they're still only giving you a pair of grips every couple months or whatever like the bare minimum is just like you're when you're at a job, have a plan to move up over time. See, that's a little bit tricky though. Like that's 
an excellent point, but I think in BMX it's a little bit tricky because of the the state that we're in with right now with the recession. Mm-hmm. So you can't really jump from job to job, sponsor to sponsor. That's the tricky part. I actually don't have any advice right now for any rider in that situation that is stuck at the um, parts level because I don't think unless you have someone like knocking at your door, that's a different story. But like in a regular job, you can like leave your job, see ya, go to a different one and most likely get a raise. Yeah. It's just, I I guess what I'm trying to combat with that is the race to the bottom that Mm. happens where everybody's willing to do the same thing for less and less and less to the point where people completely eliminate their value because there's always somebody who's doing just as much but willing to do it for less or free. Yeah. And, and that's what I try to like get that point across too, is like, know your value in things and, and realize where you're at and try to be conscious of it. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good actually topic to even tackle on a different, on a different like article too, because I definitely know like a lot of talented writers that aren't getting what they deserve. Mm-hmm. And the question is, where do you go from here? Because they, you know, they maybe they had a good relationship with them, but the brand's struggling financially. Do you keep repping the brand? I think most of us would say yes because they've been good to you as best they as they could. Mm-hmm. But if you financially can't keep riding at your best, what do you do? Yeah, it's tough. That's a bit more dilemma. Yeah, yeah, it is a moral dilemma. Uh, Jeff Mead said it perfectly just now. He said, "Don't ride for a pair of grips you don't like." <laughs> a, i mean that's a good point Fair like, enough. like yeah is it worth killing your like that's i guess where you would talk about the the integrity side of things and like are you really gonna kill yourself for something that you don't even like anyways mm-hmm. like that might be where you consider drawing the line of like okay maybe i'm not willing to to do this for this yeah that's the yeah. reality check that can i mean suck. i i I think in that case, I would rather put out, like, how much are grips now? Like, 30 bucks? No, grips are... When's the last time you bought grips? It's been a while. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> grips are... I mean, hey, I haven't hey, either, I'm but... I'm from I... Canada, okay? Our inflation's crazy right now. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's like, around 20 bucks, maybe. Grips but, uh, in the U.S. No, but, like, yeah. Uh, Jeff, you're totally right. Like, at that point, just buy your own grips. Yeah. Or, okay, so this is another topic in this whole thing. I keep remembering things. So one thing I also learned is that there are ways to go above and beyond for a company, even if they might have, like, you might not be able to get the grips or the pedals or the tires that you want from them. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. what you probably can do is if you talk with them and coordinate, like, they're willing to send you this because they have it. You then buy the actual thing yourself and sell the one they gave you. Mm-hmm. And you make this a mutual agreement because it is very frowned upon to sell parts that you're given as a sponsored rider. I feel like it's more frowned upon in BMX, but like in mountain biking, it's totally normal for oh, some I, reason. I see that sometimes. So, but yeah. it's a way. It's a way to get what you want even if the mm-hmm. company might not have it to give it to you. And, mm-hmm. and it, like, sometimes that can feel shady and, and it can 
depend on who you're working with. So you definitely want to talk with them about it. But yeah. I feel like it's reasonable to, to be like, well, I mean, if we don't have what you want, but you can buy it and then use this other thing that we can give you to get there, then maybe that's worth looking at. But as a friggin' golden rule, if a company is giving you something, don't go selling it to your friends like brand new as soon as they give it to you because that is a real quick way for them to be like, oh, I see. Yeah. As of right now, like, I do feel that's a little bit dirty. I don't, I don't know why I had that stigma for some reason, but I agree with you I, for whatever reason, like in mountain biking, I see like these pros selling their like bikes that they've ridden to the max for like pretty much full price. That's crazy. But it's okay. It's totally normal. Yeah. And I guess it's like, I'm trying to say too, is like, if you have some kind of an agreement with who you're riding yeah, for and they're totally fine with it then more power to you personally i just have a moral thing of like i can't sell something that someone gave me yeah most no. most of the time i won't sell stuff that i've ridden depending upon what it is at all just out of mm -hmm. the sentimental thing like i'm never gonna sell a frame that i wrote ever no i usually like i don't think i've ever resold anything other than like parts that I've built up, yeah. like a complete wheel or something. But if I'm given something, I'm passing that along. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. there have been several times recently where I get to a skate park and somebody just blew out a tire. And they ask, mm -hmm. oh, do you have a tire? Yeah, I have a tire. Like, what do you want for it? I don't want anything for it because this was given to me. And also it's a tire that you're not riding, yeah. literally. Yeah. Yep. So. And so, yeah, that is a huge thing to talk about. But the summary got really long. <laughs> There's... But yeah, in my summary, the whole point of the article is to give a different perspective on the pros that we admire and to hopefully shut down the salty individuals that are always bitching about pros or like giving them shit for like living their dream. Because at the end of the day, behind the scenes is someone who's working, who's like doing videos because they love it. But also because they get to live their dream and just like, why can't we just support it? Yeah. And yeah. So the thing that I would like to end this with is one, you got to follow the bloom and check the <laughs> website. And uh, when the Google ads show up, just click all of them. And uh, <laughs> no, uh, I, it's on my to do list. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, all of that. But the the end at the end of the day like don't do any of this stuff because or that you don't want to do like but also realize this is a job it takes effort and that you're you're gonna have to put the time in to get something from it and if you're only doing it to get something from it then maybe it's worth reevaluating yeah I I had a different point and I just completely lost it. I have no idea where it went. <laughs> what do you, what do the comments say right now? Does anyone else have any? Jeff said, "Find feedback? where you fit," which is a great thing too. Um, a great example of a hardworking pro is Terry Adams. Uh, there's a oh lot yeah, of he just dropped a video too. 
um, there's a trailer out right now on his Instagram, but it started off, it starts off with him waking up at like dawn, working out and like working on his craft. So that's, that's on my TV list. Yeah. There's so many of them. Dakota Roche is one yeah. of the people who gets brought up a lot. Brock Rayford, I feel, is like mm-hmm. even higher on the list because I, it seems like he's just like took the DAC model and then went even further with it. Uh, yeah. Felix Prangenberg has been going crazy with videos. And oh, I remember what I was going to say. Sick. I can end it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh no what i was gonna say is like the fact that all of these people were willing to give you the insight for this article means that if you are a inquisitive person who wants to make something happen in bmx and you hit one of these people up with not like hey can you sponsor me but hey i'm really interested in this like i would love to learn more about like what I can do, what things I can improve on. And you ask someone who works with us on a company, they will more than likely be happy to respond to that before they respond to the kid who says, Hey, can you give me free stuff? Yeah. I, I really feel like the book was wide open on this one, you know, Mm -hmm. because it is, yeah, they, this people say that there's no blueprint for getting sponsored or making it in the BMX world, but there's absolutely blueprints. And if you just pay attention to what the successful people in BMX are doing, you can implement that yourself. And if you've made it all the way through this entire hour, do not write an email and then copy and paste it to 60 different companies, because I promise you, they're all going to know that you did it and none of them are going to want to do anything with you. Well, I mean, compared to like a real life situation you don't do that when you're applying for a job and that's specifically taught you in school is that when you apply to a job, you customize the email. If you do an email that is like to one of the brands, but um, yeah, there's a lot of like, comparisons that you can make from like real life and like the bmx world yes but yeah make a bmx do that do like oh yeah really oh yeah i get emails even i get messages from people that copy and paste and don't like i've had people not even change my their like the name in an email or something who are you going to sponsor you're not like it's just people asking me for stuff or oh, asking me to do something wow. or asking me to talk about something or or whatever else it might be um there's also so like you're one you don't email multiple people but two you wait for a no from like you make your list you got yeah. three companies you really want to potentially work with you make your email you make a bmx athlete resume that sounds weird make it Look it up. It's a real thing. Mm -hmm. If you have stuff to put on it, it means you might be qualified. If you don't, you might not be there yet. But you send that to one company and wait to send it to another one until they say no. Or you hear some sort of response. Then you let them know that you're going to reach out to somebody else even if they, Mm -hmm. unless they give you a hard no. They give you a hard no, then it doesn't matter anymore. You take that approach to it. You you approach it as if it's an actual job. Yeah. Oh, and actually, here's another good tip too. BMX is really small. 
and people talk. Yes. And uh, I think it was Zach. Zach mentioned that, you know, he relies on the work of other brands to see if this person's worth working with. Yeah. So, yeah. Realize that. that Realize that. And, (laughs) And if you didn't make it all the way to the end and you missed those, those are two like golden things. And if you do either of those, you're probably going to mess yourself up opportunity wise because yeah, that's everybody talks. And if somebody's like, Hey, I got an email from this guy. The video was really awesome. Do you know who he is? Whoa, you got that email. I got that email too. (laughs) They said they loved our stuff. They said, I love our stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's real. So everybody go read the article on the bloom. You can watch my old video where I, probably have a little bit more structure to talking about stuff but this has been i think oh, and what will be an informative thing for people and hopefully help some people yeah. out i i really think it's a good handbook of sorts yeah you know it's a little it's it's not or it's not not everything's bullet pointed but like it's it's a good like good starting point for young writers directly from mind, yeah. the people who are making those decisions Yep. So follow Bia BMX, the Bloom BMX, the Bloom MTB. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. I'm glad that we had thanks. a chance to chat. Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I, that's funny. That's the whole point of this whole conversation. Just have a conversation. That's right. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hopefully, this helps you. <laughs> and have a